Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the August 31st episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's your Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, there's no NFL football this week because it's like weird break going on between uh, preseason and regular season. Now we got to sit and wait. Anyway, I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so already, you can do that by hitting the subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app. And we also have umyasports.com. It's a website that you can go visit every day, get your sports news and information curated from around the web. We hit the socials. We hit the local sites. We go find the stuff that's hard to find, and we bring it all to you so you don't have to go look for it and we do that for free no ads no cost to you um, we're also over there on twitter at um yeah sports um come talk to us we'd love to hear from you hey john how's it going doing well how are you i am all right so we're in that lull that little that little valley that sits between preseason and the regular season of football but we do have college football this weekend right mm-hmm. tomorrow and then on again on saturday so that's good stuff so word around the campfire is that college football is looking at maybe expanding the playoffs is there's a vote coming up is that right yeah it looks like there'll be a vote on friday to try to expand it past the the four teams to so possibly 12 12 or 16 right yeah i think they're i think what they're going after right now is 12 and they might expand it later to 16 which okay. is a pretty big jump from what they've had <laughs> uh in the in recent yeah, going from four to 12 is pretty big pretty big leap so i mean if you do that i mean it allows more teams to join in but yeah the more like teams to me the more teams you can have in the playoffs the better you or just like prolongs full, it. Like, make like a 32-team playoff. 32-team playoff. Sure. Yep. 16 on each side. Like, figure it out. At that point, though. Make like a playoff. Like, like do it like they do it in the in the one AA, right? Or in the double, whatever, the NCAA. They got like the, you know, division, the lower divisions. Yep. They do like full-on playoffs. Yeah. They, they Well, four teams is way too small. You need to, you need to expand it past four teams. But I mean, let those bowl games, let them like they all can have different like rounds of the playoffs or whatever. So they got their games and like just like do it for real. Like, let's just stop like this four game kind of stuff and let's just do a real playoff system. Yeah, it'd be better to have more teams. I think that'd be more fun to watch and allows more teams to enter the because then because right now it's very if you have a bigger squad, you could have teams that aren't always going to have a perfect record, you know, join in. But even if it did expand like that, I still think you kind of know who the winners are going to be. It's mostly going to be SEC teams, and Alabama's yeah. probably going to top it, no matter who you put in there. But the only question now that remains, if you added it bigger like that and you added an extra, what, eight teams to the, to the running, would the, 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 um, would the play go down as far as uh, – overall viewing pleasure because there's teams that aren't going to have pretty records and there's teams that aren't going to be uh in the top divisions or whatever being in there and then would that take away from you know the overall college play i mean that's also a possibility but they've been talking about this for a while the rumor was that they were going to wait till i think like 2020 2026 to talk about expansion again and then all of a sudden today they announced that they are looking at doing it on friday for doing a poll or whatever uh, and so it seems like if they do 12, it sounds like the top six teams in each division will get in and then the other teams will play from there. So it'll be interesting to see if we finally get a, a, a different type of playoffs. I feel like we've been talking about this a very long time about moving on past the the normal slate of, of yeah. just four teams. 
Yeah, well, I would. I, I think that the sooner we can get to a full-blown playoff, the better. Yeah, but that's man, always a better. lot of lot of forces against that money. It's all money. Yeah, but hopefully, um, hopefully we'll get there. So we'll see when this this votes tomorrow. Uh, Friday. So okay, a couple of days. Friday. All right, a couple of days. All right. So let's uh, jump over to the NFL and talk some NFL football for a minute. So Tyler Johnson, number eighteen, released from the Buccaneers, who have more wide receivers than players on the team. And uh, so they sent him off, and uh, I guess he's got picked up by the Texans. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good move for who? The Texans? I think the Texans won that. Well, it also is, it states two things. One, the the Tampa Buccaneers are going to use Julio more than we previously thought. Like They're going to actually use him in a way where he's not just a luxury piece. He'll actually be a piece of the puzzle for the Bucks team because now you got Mike Evans – you got Chris Godwin, you got Russell Gage, but then it allows Julio to kind of step into the fourth or third slot there without having to battle with Tyler Johnson for that spot. I thought it was a bit weird, though, when I saw it happen as far as kind of why did they release him? He's been playing well. He's shown flashes of really good stuff in the playoffs. It was just kind of surprising when that finally broke. But as far as for the Texans are the Texans, they just lost John Mechie, who won't play at all this season. Uh, and then... They've got Brandon Cooks, but overall their wide receiver core is not good. And they got David Davis Mills, who's just you know a second year guy. And then they got a rookie running back and a very young defense. Adding a guy that's been around the block has been good coaching. All that's just going to be a powerful asset for him. And I think I think Tyler Johnson's a good wide receiver. He just never got to play his full full potential because he always had to battle with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for any sort of. Uh, targets and so at that and Rob Gronkowski at that time so now most of those guys are away or whatever and now he has an opportunity to uh, now he has an opportunity to go somewhere else play and start winning football games and you know get a get him out of targets but I think also for a fantasy perspective as far as free agency pickups if you already done your draft I think in a lot of ways he's a good guy to pick up just because like I said the wide receiver core is so non-stacked if for lack of a better word for the Texans that you kind of ha- you kind of think that the- he's going to get a lot of different touches with his playing style, his builds, his frame, and then you got Brandon Cooks as the one-two punch with him and Brandon Cooks. So that's going to be a nice little thing for them as well. So I think in a lot of ways, it makes sense that the Bucks cut him. It's just a little surprising, and I think the Texans are the perfect time to pick him up because I think he adds an extra level of dimension for the squad that they wouldn't otherwise have. And I think yes, he had to pick him up off waivers and. Maybe the Tampa Buccaneers were thinking about bringing him back on the practice squad. I don't know exactly what the case would have been there, but yeah. having him go somewhere like the Texans as opposed to going somewhere where he wouldn't get any playing time is probably the best thing for his young career. And also going to be really entertaining to see what type of wide receiver he can be and if he can help a young, maybe up-and-coming Texan team. Okay. Derek Young out there in Seattle. That's another wide receiver. Is he a rookie? He's a rookie, yes. Okay. It looks like uh, So he looks like he may be something for the team. Yeah, they, some chemistry with him and Gino, maybe. They Pete Carroll's been really liking him uh, as far as his playing. Uh, I've enjoyed watching him in preseason. That's one of the guys that I was really looking at when I was watching Seattle football uh, as far as preseason is concerned. And I think in a lot of ways, um, it's the smartest. I think it was smart for them to keep him on the roster. But I also think at this point, with, with the way that Seattle is trending, it kind of feels like they're shifting from, you know, st- shorter faster wide receivers like Tyler Lockett into more of the DK Metcalf phase because uh, uh, Young is I think about 6'2 
uh, height. So he's a pretty tall wide receiver. He's kind of fitting in the same mold as DK Metcalf. So having him be there is going to be super helpful because Geno Smith or Drew Locke doesn't need a quick wide receiver to run at the seam and you know blow past the defenders because, yes, they can hit him every now and again, but overall they need just quick, reliable targets to get the ball out of their hands. And with a guy like Young, with DK Metcalf, with guys like that, those are guys who are going to the are the guys that are going to be the most helpful, the most productive Seattle Seahawks members. Everyone else is going to be in a situation where it's going to be running game and then the maybe Tyler Lockett every now and again, but that's why I drafted DK Metcalf because I think he has a lot of upside because I think uh, Geno Smith or Drew Locke is going to need a reliable target, yeah. big frame target that is easy, that you can even overthrow, and he can still make the completion, still make the catch. Uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why they ended up keeping him and why they've been talking about liking him. But I also think the Seattle room needs work. They, I mean, they've always just had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They've really never had, you know, a, a very stacked wide receiver core, but they really never needed to because Russell Wilson was back there and because they had Marshawn Lynch and they had these guys. And obviously back then they had Doug Baldwin as well. But in more in more recent memory, now they got Kenneth Walker and Rashard Penny and uh, those guys will all help kind of take the load off Geno Smith, whoever's back there. But at this point, it kind of feel like it's going to be a run first team, but having guys like young DK Metcalf are guys that are going to be super helpful for them, not to win playoff games. I think they're several years out from doing that, but at least get them into a situation where they're winning football games and staying close in football games, as opposed to, you know, falling flat or whatever the case may be. So I think keeping him, not, not trading him or letting him go, whatever was a smart push. And the fact that he's, you know, drawing, uh, hype from Pete Carroll is a good thing as well because Pete Carroll's always been a fan of the rookies and the people that try their hardest and kind of work really hard to get into the situation. And so if he's liking him and what he's been able to do, he's been around the block, been around a lot of wide receivers. So I think it's going to be very helpful for the thing for them in the near future. All right. So, you know, they've got, you've got teams that, um, that have like a, you know, we got to quickly put together some free agents and, we got to win now, right? We got some some things going on here. We drafted well a few years ago. We've, you know, let's go bet the farm and let's go win now. They right. go assemble a crew and they go try to do it, right? And you saw this, like I guess Tampa would would maybe fit into this category with bringing in people from all over the place. The Rams, uh, they sort of fit this bill, right? And so these are teams that once they win, they might win now. Uh, but then what happens, you know, after that when you just flat out can't afford to keep the team together in that same way and then you, you know, now you, now you lose now. Right. I think I think there's multiple teams there on the cusp of this. I think one of the teams is the, uh, the Rams who literally have no draft options mm-hmm. for a very long time. Uh, and eventually Aaron Donald's going to retire. Um, Cooper Cup will probably be there for a long time, but overall in the next couple years, you know, three, four, five years down the road, this team is not going to look like the same team they are right now. Injuries could wipe it out even sooner, but right now with all the contracts and extensions and everything like that, they've locked the players up for a good deal of time. But after this is all done, you can't afford to pay these guys probably for another contract. You're going to have to probably let them go or they're going to get in their life cycle that they're going to tire. They're going to go to a different team. And then you look up and you say to yourself, okay, we still don't really have any draft options or maybe we're getting a few back and we're still trying to figure out the best way to, you know, come into contact with different things and, and start winning, uh, you know, football games again. And the other team that I think is in this in a different way is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they're, they're going to hit a lose now situation, not because uh, their team is bad or because they don't have draft options. It's because they once Tom Brady retires and I think that could be next season. 
you know, who's who's left over as far as the quarterback room, and that's right now Trask. But we haven't really seen for anything from Trask that leads us to believe that he's in a situation where he can lead this team. And you also have to wonder about Fournette and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, these guys that are on franchise tags or nearing the end of their contract or maybe just signed a new contract but doesn't have much long um, – not a very long contract. Where are they going to go after that? And where after Tom Brady retires, they're going to want to stay with the team. And if they don't get into a situation where they are drafting players to replace them now, or at least getting free agents in, or at least making a plan behind the scenes now, they're going to hit a, a rut where they're now in the lose now situation. I think a key example that's in that right now is the Packers. The Packers did not prepare themselves for, for, um, Devonta Adams leaving. They tried Amari Rodgers. That didn't work. Now they drafted Christian Watson uh, and Romeo Dubs later in this year's draft uh, from the pieces that they've or the draft choices they got from the uh, the Devonta Adams trade. But they really didn't do much before that to get it to work. And now they're sitting in a situation where everyone's wondering who that number one guy one guy is going to be, how that's all going to look, how much success are they going to have? And this season's probably not going to be the best for the Green Bay Packers. Are they going to have a lot of success in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's just going to depend because without Devontae Adams, he's hogged so many of the touches over the last couple of seasons that now we're trying to figure out who that guy's going to be. We really don't know who that guy's going to be, and that's going to end up injuring him. So I think the NFL has swept over with this, like you mentioned, like a win-now culture as opposed to its best friend, which is the lose-now culture, which you can't have one without the other. And the only way you can avoid that is to draft players that are going to be the eventual replacement years before you think they're going to leave. Right, you can't just wait to the last second and then draft them because every team goes through this. They have great players; those players leave. They draft them. The rebuild process begins because either those players are going to take years to get ready, or they're just not the correct pieces for the squad. And then they wait a couple years; they become good again, and the cycle repeats. So drafting them beforehand, letting them sit behind, get ready, you know, learn the scheme, learn the playing, all that, having them there on your lineup, on your roster. And then when they are ready to play, they can jump in. But at least at that point, you know who you have, where you got. You can shave off some players here and there. You can add players here or there. You know what's going to happen. You know where they're sitting. And so I think that's probably the biggest mistake the Rams are going to make. I think that's probably the biggest mistake the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to make. Uh, and right now, the Packers are sitting through that. And I think the the Patriots were also in a situation where they're sitting through that, uh, where Tom Brady left. And now they're trying to figure out how to fix everything that's left. And they're trying to push it all together when they haven't really thought this through. And they're trying to push it together the way that might may or may not work. And because of that, they're now drawing heavy criticism for themselves. And they're trying to figure out the best way to you know solve things. So I think the NFL's focus and fans' focus shouldn't just be about how can we win a Super Bowl now? Because that's great. But also the longevity of the team. Because then fans and media just get mad at the, the organizations for tanking or not playing well enough when they just won the Super Bowl, but in reality, I think it might be the team's fault more than uh, Well, you see credit. some teams do a pretty good job of staying kind of consistently good without getting too crazy with it, right? Like I think those Seattle are the players, for a while. Those are, the play, those are the teams that do that successfully are the teams that don't go all in on the next best thing, you know? Those are the well, teams you build that don't. the draft and you, you know, the you Rams. trust your system and you have you let you slot players in. Well, even Seattle's in and, that situation. Well, now they are because Russell Wilson's gone and, and everybody's gone. Like they didn't do like it all just fell apart. They didn't continue to maintain it. That's the point. They weren't got to maintain. Yeah. New you England's really stuff in there. New England's really the only team that I feel has been able to truly 
really do that for They've a done the long, best. long period of time. They did it for like a decade, over yeah. a decade, because yeah. of Tom Brady being there and being yeah. able to retain but the But even pieces. last year, I mean, they were kind of... They, they went to all the way to the playoffs yeah. and we're giving them heavy criticism for yeah. it. Yeah. And I think this is either they're going to click into yeah. a situation where they play better. But I think this is, I, I think it's an interesting situation for sports and how it, how it all works is this, this take of when now as it, as, as opposed to methodically winning year over year and doing the things that are necessary to do that, as opposed to just, you know, shove everything in there and win at that point. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, it's a Wednesday, so we're done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Again, please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Otherwise, we will catch you on Friday. Have a good Thursday. See See you. God bless.